0: The New Challenger! From 8-bit to 35mm, game beds to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for Broke! It's time to press X to reload. I was talking to I
1: to I I not
2: Hey
0: everybody, welcome to Press X to Reload, where we appeal to the higher courts of video game film reviews. And see if we can get this overturned, the life sentence that these films have gotten. Show that maybe they should be let off with a little bit of good behavior out on parole. I am Nick Moore. With me is Wayne Brissett and Mark Thennis. Gentlemen, Wayne. Objection. (laughs) Everyone else objects to us. We're supposed to be, you're supposed to be on my side, Mark.
2: I object. I object as well.
0: Your Honor. I'm going to hold you both in contempt. All right, that's all the court terms that I know, and I learned all of them repeatedly in this film. We are watching Ace (laughs) Attorney. Uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is the video game series that it is based off of. uh, A visual novel detective lawyer series sort of thing that Nintendo produces This movie is absolutely wild, as far as I understand from it, because again, I don't have a DS or any of those things, so I never really played the games. I know the games through memes and the internet and videos I've watched of it, but I haven't experienced them firsthand. But my understanding, after going onto the Wikipedia page, is this follows pretty closely, I guess, the first couple of cases that Phoenix Wright goes up against when he's a, a new lawyer trying to prove himself and gets wrapped up in multiple murder trials and ghost seances and so much anime hair. We're gonna start with Mark, because like me, Mark doesn't have a hair on his head, so I don't know if he had the same level of jealousy I had watching this. But Mark, how did you feel about the film? So like you,
2: Nick, I I have. I, I had actually no idea what this was about. I when you first suggested this, I thought you were joking that this was a video game. So I kind of um went into this enjoying it just as a movie not making any comparisons to a video game and as a movie it was delightfully fun oh yeah the thing I really enjoyed about it as an anime fan is and you said this uh, we were messaging each other but like it's a live-action anime down to the astounding job they did on their hair <laughs> but also I've got a I gotta tip a nod because the actors in it if you closed your eyes, you'd think you were just listening to voice actors in an anime, especially uh, the uh, the gray haired guy. I forget his name now. Uh, Edge.
0: Oh, Edge, Edgeworth. Ed anyway. Miles Edgeworth.
2: Edgeworth. He sounds like an anime villain. <laughs> but what was actually impressive watching this is like their acting and their facial expressions were like right out of an anime. I was really, uh, I was really enjoying it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Wayne. Uh, Yeah, no, I knew this was a video game series.
1: I'm a big uh, Nintendo collector. I have uh, quite a big 3DS collection, and I was aware of this game, but I've never actually played it. I've seen tons of trailers, watched reviews, everything. It's a well-reviewed game, just never got into it. But this movie is bat crazy, (laughs) so over the top, but all in a good way. All in a good way. And I felt like I watched a Saturday morning cartoon for lawyers. And I'm telling you right now, if court was actually like yeah. this, I would attend people's court on a daily routine 1,000%. because it would just be so entertaining and over yeah. the top that I'd be like, this is amazing. Get me some popcorn. Get me some tickets to the courtroom. We got to go. There's a show on at seven. Like, it's oh just, my God. Yeah. I thought it was just so entertaining. My only complaint slightly is it is a little dragged out a little too long than it needs to be. Other than that, it's <laughs> we were both super entertained by this show. And surprisingly had
0: a good story. It did. And you're right. It is a little bit on the longer side. This one's about two hours, 15 minutes. So not even just video game films, but just films in general. You have to have a pretty epic story to cross over the two hour threshold. Agreed. Especially if it's going to be Mm -hmm. largely a courtroom drama, though. I use the term drama (laughs) so very loosely for this film. So as we've said, it is very heavily anime inspired. And as far as I can tell, the games are very heavily anime inspired, which, you know, it's a beautiful aesthetic and it looks great. But one of the big things that anime is kind of about is exaggerated expressions and emotions. Everyone super Mm -hmm. emotes. If someone is surprised by something, it's literally slack jaw and going "Uh, uh, uh," like they're having a seizure. Mm -hmm. It's very out there. And I don't think I've ever seen a live action film attempt to do that when it wasn't an outright comedy. I've seen comedies do that. Kung Fu Hustle does that, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's, it's very much overtly a comedy. This film has a serious plot. There's betrayal and corruption and multiple murders and possession from dead people. Maybe that doesn't sound quite so serious, but they play it like it is. But all of the emotions are so thoroughly cranked up past anything that's even remotely normal. (laughs) It's amazing (laughs) that it doesn't play serious, even though if you were to read the plot of it, you'd be like, wow, this is this is intense. John Grisham kind of stuff. And it's borderline vaudeville when you see them performing it on the screen. And it's all the better for it because I I can't really do courtroom films. I find them a bit dry. But for backstory for anyone who doesn't know, fast forward to the future, crime has become so rampant that the court system is completely swamped. So now all cases are solved in three days. That is the way that it works. You have three days for the, the defense and the prosecution to make their points. There is no jury. There is one single judge who listens to both sides and goes, all right, in about five seconds, I've got a verdict. Phoenix Wright is an up-and-coming lawyer trying to prove himself in this incredibly competitive situation. And it seems like the entire world pays attention to nothing else except the court cases. Am I wrong here? Because I'm pretty sure they were selling tickets to the courtroom. Yeah, yeah they sell tickets to the courtroom. And that's why I was saying if they actually sold tickets, if it was
1: actually like that today, I'd buy tickets. Sold out.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've... Uh... I've gone and sat in court for a day, not because I was charged, <laughs> because my <laughs> sister's a lawyer, and uh, I found it fascinating, but I also am a big fan of like legal movies and courtroom dramas and like courtroom TV shows, like not the real life stuff, which is over the top, which <laughs> the real life, like Judge Judy and all those crazy court shows, to me, is maybe why I did not find this movie that over the top. Because those right. shows are ridiculous. They're just lacking uh, the hair. And this and and this movie, at least, the the subject matter is actually serious. <laughs> but I would agree that it seemed like quite the affair. Like every single case Phoenix is involved in seems like it's a front page case. Oh yeah. So either he, as the greenest lawyer, as they self-describe, he's only held two cases prior to going into this. Um in fact I think his second case is, is one of the ones we witness. It is. He has the good fortune of getting these like front page newsworthy <laughs> or every lawyer is a celebrity. I'm not sure which. I'm not so, sure.
0: I wanted to touch on that. Because the first case you see happen in court, the court is massive. The judge is sitting behind a bench that is about eighty feet into the air. Mm -hmm. everyone's like whipping fingers at each other and yelling objection. And it's all very over the top. You've got a crowd of, I think a hundred people who are dressed to the nines. Like they're going to the opera. We paused this film several times just to stare at the insane costumes of the audience who are there for the court Mm -hmm. case. That's all miles Edgeworth, his, his rivals court. And then you cut to the first time you see Phoenix Wright conducting court. And it's literally in the hallway of the courtroom. (laughs) Because you can see in the background someone's sitting on, like, the shoe-buffing chair while someone's taking care of them. The janitor's walking through his court case. He's so low-level that he doesn't actually get to operate in a courtroom. <laughs> and he's losing. Yeah. His mentor has to step in and, like, save the case for him. He starts off kind of as a terrible lawyer. Yeah, he's bad at his shot. I like it. <laughs> he technically is. Most people end up helping him figure out how to get through his case. 80% of the time that he actually pushes forward (laughs) somehow it's one of his friends helping him or a dead woman possessing someone to tell him hey this is what you should do yeah he's got a lot of get up and go but he doesn't have anything once he gets there yeah (laughs) but he's likable
2: i still uh he is like i still i was laughing really hard because i didn't get it until later on when uh In the first case you see Phoenix in, when he wins, the the janitor is throwing confetti at the guy. And I was like, what the heck is she doing? But then when you see him win later and all the confetti falls and you see the janitor sweeping it up, I was like, oh, my God. I was laughing so hard because I was just like, oh, my God. It's just the confetti in her bucket. I love that. When a real
0: (laughs) case happens, you have, like, the winner described at the top of the, the courtroom in gigantic, like, I guess, CG hologram letters and confetti pours down all over everyone. When he wins his tiny hallway courtroom case, she's got a (laughs) trash can and she just tosses some confetti right in his face and walks by. (laughs) Oh,
2: it's so good. (laughs) Like, really, the way they do it,
1: it, it's like a fighting game, but with words rather than fists, right? Like, Uh, it's this lawyer versus this lawyer, head off. Even the way they do the videos and everything, I'm like, this is like a fighting game. Okay,
0: (laughs) we have to talk about the video thing. So... When they're presenting evidence in this insane reality that they live in, the ceiling yes. to the the true courtroom, <laughs> the one with the 80 foot bench and the hundreds of people, the ceiling opens up. And what I can only describe as the animus from Assassin's Creed makes a cameo and mm-hmm. comes scaling down well, from the ceiling like ten of them. And then yeah, starts projecting yeah. holograms to show all of the evidence super enlarged and high def so everyone can see it. And then the lawyers, kind of like Tony Stark manipulating his holograms, will, like, grab a video and throw the screen at their <laughs> opponent while screaming objection.
2: <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what is it's going on?
2: Amazing. It's amazing. My My second favorite part is that they don't reference what they're doing. They just slammed their table. And so like I don't know how intuitive this machine is because all they need to do is slam their hands on the table and then the right piece of evidence floats yeah. forward oh, for yeah. them to grab and throw across the courtroom. Be like, I object. Turn it around. Like I love it. I, I love it.
1: You definitely have to suspend some disbelief. I mean some? even the oh, lawyers themselves. It. They're not very good at covering up crime scenes as well either. Oh, I mean, these guys are – These guys are lawyers, and they're the first ones to contaminate crime scenes every single time.
0: His (laughs) mentor gets murdered, and the first thing he does is run up and in, like, shock and despair, pick up her, pick up the murder weapon, (laughs) contaminate everything. (laughs) And then when the cops come bursting in five seconds later, because clearly it was a tip-off and a frame-up, he's just holding the evidence in front of them and drops and goes, it's not what it looks like.
2: I love that when they're in court, like literally a court case is over with three questions to a witness, not multiple witnesses, like one witness. (laughs) Witness said this. Witness said that. Yes, he did. Okay. uh, I'm ready to make a decision. And I'm like, wait a minute.
0: What? Yeah. One witness in most cases. (laughs) It's
2: one witness. It's one witness and they're done. The court case is done. So they're wickedly efficient. And I, I couldn't help but get the feel that like every single time either Miles or the other older guy they seemed so crooked. It's oh like Von Karma. The, don't you yeah. remember? Yeah, don't you remember why okay. where you saw that thing? And you're like, okay, what's the These lawyers question.
0: are breaking rules that exist now, leading the witness being the yes. biggest one. You would have leading Phoenix Wright catch one of the witnesses in a pretty ridiculous lie prove that clearly they're they're holding something back and then the lawyer would go no 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 you're remembering wrong witness wasn't it this way and the judge just lets it happen it It felt very much like the the system is gained towards the prosecution not the defendant sure because phoenix Wright is playing a defense lawyer and if the idea is the the courts are swamped and overloaded it really does seem like the defense lawyer has a super hard time of winning in these cases because For the sure. undefeated yeah. von karma is a prosecution lawyer the nearly undefeated edgeworth is a prosecution lawyer it seems like the judge just wants to send people away and move on with life
2: yeah
0: because
1: not only does he hear it he accepts it right so if they say oh oh no you you forgot you lost your memory right and then we say, yeah, I lost my memory. Even the judge would be like, well, if he lost his
0: memory. That was the worst one. <laughs> <like, laughs> yeah. But you just heard him tell him that. Yeah, He just tells yeah. the witness, yeah, you straight up have amnesia. Yeah, that sounds right. I have amnesia. And the judge goes, well, <laughs> and the judge is like, if he says he has amnesia, what can we do? <laughs> what can we do? <laughs> it felt very oh game against the defense, mm-hmm. which is pretty wild because like in the current court system that we have today, it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And you have to prove beyond a shadow of doubt that there's some level of complicity or guilt there. This one seems to be completely the opposite. You walk into that court in dire straits and you better hope you got a really good defense lawyer.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I actually, the movie uses that to, I think, like an awesome, again, using the term lightly dramatic tool. Because like for me, once you realize that that's the way the courtrooms are set up. What becomes so fascinating is how is he getting out of this?
0: Oh, yeah. Like, what's yeah. the next
2: question he can possibly ask? What can he possibly say? And you start to play the game again mentally while you're watching it because I'm like, oh, no, the guy said this, so he should ask him this because, like, that's a mistake. And even though he said he's got amnesia, that's still there's a hole in his story still. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the new the the article guy or the news guy went with the first murder. He's a really good and example. He said, what did he say? So yeah, like he said something that was like, "I saw this," and it was like, "No, you didn't."
0: <laughs> so first, Phoenix Wright points out to him, "Okay, well, why are you even?" Because the guy says, "Oh, I'm in my hotel, and I I saw her yes. kill her sister." He goes, "Okay, well, why are you even staring into this this building? It makes no sense. Why are you looking yes. in there? How would you know what's going on unless you were there at the scene?" It was, oh, no, 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 I I heard a noise. Okay, well, how did you hear a noise across an entire city street in the middle of what's going on? Oh, you know, he could definitely hear it if it was, like, breaking glass hole. What did you hear break? The lamp. And then he proves, well, you couldn't possibly have seen it because of the angle of it. And the lawyer goes, oh, no, no, just admit what you really did. You were wiretapping and just throws that out there. It's like, okay, (laughs) fine. I, I broke it and I wiretapped. And then, well, hold on, the receipt for the lamp, it was bought that day, and you said you wiretapped a week ago. Like, he just keeps catching him in yeah. the eyes, and the lawyer keeps trying to find absolute bullshit explanations
2: for it. Well, that's what kills me, is because at a certain point, those are the things I'm waiting for. It's, wait a minute, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense. And the, <laughs> the prosecution is just... Got the worst witness. They're, these are the worst witnesses I've ever seen in any sort of legal movie a prosecutor put on a stand. Like in any legal thing you watch, whether it's law and order, if the witnesses were that bad, the prosecution doesn't call them.
1: Right. <laughs> Even the camera the girl at witnesses. the end, she she's literally a witness just because she thought the idea of being a witness was awesome. Because she's of making a
0: story. I thought that sounded cool right yeah i love she says the idea of being a witness in a murder trial tickled me pink yes it comes down to it reminds me of the movie chicago where the media and being in a court case is such a high profile thing the the media storming after your prosecution defenses are coming up the stairs and this the idea of someone wanting to be a witness it feels very akin to chicago which is fine by me i love that movie Maybe this one could have used yeah. a couple more musicals. It really put it over the top. <laughs> but everything amazing. in this is played just about as grand. And even Miles Edgeworth, he basically feels like Billy Flynn. <laughs> He's just an unstoppable monster in the courtroom. He is amazing. Yeah. But can we talk for a moment about the English translation names for some of these characters? Are maybe the best names? Of <laughs> are you talking about Dick, Dick Gumshoe? Gumshoe for a detective, <laughs> you have a hippie trying to find a picture of the Loch Ness Monster whose name is Lotta Heart. His best friend entrepreneur yep. is Larry Butts. Like, just everyone's name. The absolute best yes. one, because it was really clever. Yes. The journalist who they put on the stand, and he's claiming, oh, I saw the murder because clearly he's been put up to this frame job. His name is Red White, and he's dressed all in black. Mm-hmm. What's black and white and red all over a newspaper? That is freaking awesome. That's a really cool pun for a name. Yeah. He looked like um, he looked like an anime version of Severus Snape. I don't know if you were getting that vibe. He did. Yes, he did, actually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All of the names yeah. are just wild. They uh,
2: were ridiculous. And then... Yeah. Like Von Camp and <laughs> Phoenix, right. whatever. Right.
0: I feel like this came up out of nowhere, but during the trial where they have red white on there as as a witness. Did you see him bring in that gigantic megaphone that he produces halfway through the <laughs> That was amazing? Where did that come from?
2: <laughs> that was amazing and uh his pocket. It was amazing. <laughs> it doesn't matter where it, it came truly from doesn't because it, it was doesn't I matter.
0: just about <laughs> fell off my couch <laughs> yeah. laughing and doesn't I'm It doesn't matter. I'm laughing with it because it knows exactly what it's doing. This film knows yes, what it's making. Yes. <laughs> this is the, as we've said, this is anime done with live people, but they're keeping the aesthetic and the over-the-top ridiculousness of anime, including the fact that as we've, oh, it works and it really works, well. and as we've mentioned. We've said the hair is wild. It was perfect. You could identify anyone by the outline of their neck up, just their head. You could take everyone's head mm-hmm. and I could yes. name who each Silhouette. person is because their, their hairstyles are so thoroughly just beyond anything that makes sense. His buddy Larry Butts with his hair up in like this mohawk that's got the opposite of frosted tips. It's like burned red at the top like his head is on fire. That first courtroom hallway one Mm -hmm. where the guy has a toupee and when evidence gets presented that is (laughs) mind-blowing evidence, his toupee blows clean (laughs) off of his head and he starts foaming at the mouth. (laughs) Evidence knocked a toupee (laughs) off his head.
2: The one guy who actually gets so surprised he rips off his toupee and throws it in phoenix's face across the courtroom i was dying it's amazing i was dying that and the when whenever the courtroom like the the audience in the courtroom whenever someone like makes a mistake or says something ridiculous and the entire courtroom does star trek (laughs) shuffle to the side like the like the whole courtroom (laughs) shook they all go, oh, <laughs> they all fall over and get back up slowly at the same time. Like
1: The best so was the first cool. time they did it when he made the obvious observation of. So you said it was uh, Christmas Eve, but you said it was after midnight on Christmas Eve. Wouldn't that make it Christmas Day? <laughs> Christmas and like, hey, that's that's, like, that's <laughs> obvious. <laughs> and
2: then it's like and the witness is like, that's all you've
0: got <laughs> now, in all fairness so you look at the the witness that he's dealing with lot of heart which all right so for anyone who doesn't know again as we said being a, a japanese film it is subtitled i'm not watching this thing dubbed i'm watching it subtitled because i i want the real experience you should try so, it though what stood out for me about the subtitles and i don't know what inspired them to do this but when lot of heart starts talking they're yeah. replacing all of the s's in her speech with z's Like, I takes a picture, but it's T-A-K-E-Z or I believes in justice. So in my head, now I'm getting like this honky-tonk kind of accent when she's speaking, even though she doesn't have that. That's what I'm hearing at this point. So I feel like maybe that kind of tripped him up a bit. And that's why he's asking, to begin with anyway, those kind of ridiculous questions. But he does lead up with a legitimate question afterward regarding, like, the timing of her camera, and Mm -hmm. if it's time to go off with sound, how come it's going Mm -hmm. off when there's nothing in the picture because it's a gunshot, and there's some cool Mm -hmm. stuff there in terms of how that plays out, but my god, she's unreal. (laughs) I just... Mm -hmm.
2: Well, the other thing I really... I don't know why. I've I've never seen a movie do this, and again, it's an intentional choice with the subtitling, which is obviously they've got space at the bottom for the subtitle, Mm -hmm. They don't always use it all. Yeah, Like they'll, I loved it. sometimes the subtitling will just be like the little half corner and I loved it. I'd actually made it easier to read. Yeah. But it'd be in the corner especially where, where there's so much dialogue back and forth and the, the corner where the actor is.
1: Where the yeah. actor is, correct. Yeah. So it'd be under the actor, yeah. not just centered in the bottom. That was a huge advantage.
0: Because yeah. I find sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm watching a foreign film, if the voices are similar enough in tone, it's hard for me to tell who's talking if the camera's cutting back and forth and you don't see who's speaking. Mm. So for it to be positioned under who is speaking in a lot of cases, that is brilliant stuff. Very helpful. It's brilliant. Brilliant, Right? Brilliant. Now, halfway through the film, they talk about Phoenix Wright's inspiration for why he becomes a lawyer in the first place. (laughs) This flashback, I've got questions. (laughs) Primarily one. Yes. Yes. So, lunch money gets stolen. He gets accused. The first question I have is, is 3,800 yen that much money? It's like 35 bucks. Okay. So, it's not like a crazy amount of money. But everyone's going like super aggressive on him for this.
2: But it looks like a big number because it's 3,800. But I guess to kids, like if you were kids in a classroom, and and this is real, like – if your kid stole thirty-five dollars out of the teacher's whatever, 35 Canadian. It, it'd be a big deal. Okay, fine.
0: Now, my second and more important question. All of these students are like, mm. oh, you're a liar, you're a thief, you took it. And the teacher says, now now calm, down class order, order. Come on, don't be so hard on him. He's he's a new kid. I'm thinking, okay, the teacher has some level of compassion. And then she leans down to him no. and goes. You know, you probably just weren't thinking when you stole the money, right? Is this not maybe the worst so teacher a <laughs> they could possibly have? Like
2: Definitely the worst
1: teacher. The fact that she even wants to do, like, a courtroom with the classroom. I told Christina, because she's a teacher. I said, man, wouldn't you love to do that? But she's already children? decided. Like, it's she's like, the yeah, worst we'll possible
0: judge as a teacher. She's already decided that he's guilty. Mm-hmm.
2: But you... S- you single out a young child and put him in front of his peers so they can call him a thief. <laughs> it sounds like a bang-up teaching job. The only thing that made it better for me is when Miles stands up. Miles is just like, "You don't have any evidence." Yeah, and that's it. They they <laughs> don't find out for fifteen years who stole that money. <laughs> so it's an unsolved. Which that's a great joke at the years. end. Yeah, it but.
0: Is. That flashback teaches two important things. One, it teaches mm. evidence is everything. Mm-hmm. And two, it teaches you you are guilty until you prove otherwise as yeah. far as the court is concerned. But you do need evidence to be able to really convict someone. Right. Evidence is key. But yeah. it does it does at least establish some sort of connection for why Phoenix goes to the lengths he does to try and protect Miles when Miles mm-hmm. Edgeworth, his his rival in this, at one point gets implicated in a murder. And he's such a jerk to everyone. Nobody likes this prosecutor because part of it is he has some pretty sleazy tactics for how he wins his cases. So nobody wants to represent him as a defense lawyer. But having at least this backstory of him and Larry and Miles were all friends together and Miles stuck up for him, now I can see why Phoenix like, you know what, please let me represent you. And I love Miles going, no, 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 you're you're a terrible lawyer. I don't want you. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Because he's not wrong.
2: (laughs) No, he's not wrong. You're an awful lawyer. I can get someone better, but thanks. Thanks On on a
1: side note, speaking about Miles – and just to kind of touch base on Mark's uh, intro, yes, that that guy, I think he could play an amazing Sephiroth. He has the he almost identical like voice. Him. He has that great yes. emotionless acting. Yep, with the white hair, everything. I was like, man, he'd make a killer Sephiroth. Yeah,
2: he, he basically has Sephiroth's hairstyle with the <laughs> acting down. It was amazing. Yeah. This
0: amazing. movie makes me think if you want to do an actual Final Fantasy movie live, you can do the it. The hair Indeed. is the least of my worries now. The yeah. hair you could do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you it's can everything do else where I'm like, I don't know, but you could do the hair.
2: You know, there is a uh, totally unrelated bleach anime live action movie they did, and they've got ridiculous hair in that. They can do it. They can do oh, it. Yeah. Absolutely. With action, I mean, like with things flying around, people jumping makes it around
1: come the hair stay
2: still. Wigs
0: are sorry amazing. i didn't mean to take
1: it off topic i just that's all
2: i could yeah. think about when i
1: was watching him
0: no no absolutely yeah. now if we're going to be on off topic things and i bring this up because i still don't understand the purpose of it or even how it works on even the most base level what is the deal with the police mascot that uh, oh, i couldn't I'm wait so for you to bring this up glad what you is that, that up. Up. i'm
2: so the glad end is it only shows my... up like twice <laughs> And the end
1: is the best. <laughs> but the second time it shows up, I was like almost in tears laughing. I was like, what All right. hell so, did
0: we just watch there? The police <laughs> the police and specifically Dick Gumshoe has this Rabbit? furry blue mascot that looks like if you took a a, you took a furry and mixed it with a police badge and turned it into a like a sports team mascot, it would be this thing. It is <laughs> surreal to look at. Looking it's at it so is good. looking into the eye of madness. Called the and Blue most Badger? of the time, yeah, most of the time it does absolutely nothing. But near the end, when the judge is about to rule against uh, against Phoenix Wright, and he's bringing down that gavel, this thing's hand comes up right in the way of the gavel, so that it bashes onto its hand and stops him, and that buys him like the crucial seconds before another piece of evidence can happen. Now, what really weirded me out, though, is, is that next... this thing drops to the ground. It's head pops off and there's nothing in it it's a stick was there anything in there it looked like it was empty i just love the shot that when he
1: when he's got his hand blocking the gavel there when it cuts to the far end like he's still like four feet off the ground just hanging yeah
0: so it like (laughs) jumped up like slam dunk style to stop this from happening but how did it there's nothing in it is it possessed i was was gonna say is that like is it
2: something in the game that we don't know about I assume it's got to be. I assumed it was something in the game when it it pushed through the crowd to open the umbrella for the detective Gumshoe to step out, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" And then I didn't notice it again until that gavel scene. I forgot about it. I completely forgot about it. And then when it falls, and the it literally looks like there's a broom in it that that held the head on, and it just falls the head goes one way and you see the broomstick handle sticking out of it and I'm like what? are you telling me that that thing was just in this insane world where things are more or less real there's just this self animated flurry fluff, fluffy thing yeah.
0: the blue badger it's- is a stick and somehow stick. it's able to animate itself I could not let that go I rewound it and watched it again oh. it haunts me I don't understand it's so, it. It was so funny
2: it's so good <laughs>
0: But it was, was it was pretty cool. So you have these multiple court cases. You have Phoenix Wright faces off against Miles Edgeworth, and he's kind of winning. And now Miles gets implicated in a murder because clearly he wasn't able to hide this conspiracy that he's blissfully unaware of. He was just doing mm-hmm. his job. And Professor Von Karma, who's never lost in 40 years and only taken one day off, he ends up facing off against Phoenix Wright. So now he's facing an undefeated champion of just screwing with the system, who is clearly, the second he's out there doing his job, he's brutally corrupt and you know it. Mm -hmm. Which only stands out to me because earlier on the film, he tells Miles, Von Karma says to Miles, you have to be careful how you win these cases. It seems that it's more important to you that you win than it is that you follow any kind of ethics. He does not practice what he preaches. (laughs) No, 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 I love it.
2: I love how but and
0: can we just stop for a moment a and just talk about how villain.
2: But can we just talk about the ridiculous outfits that both Van Camp and Miles have, like velvet suits with the like Oh, you 17th mean how they're all dressed like Scarf from,
0: from Castlevania? Yeah, yeah but everyone. Only the
2: prosecution. Only the prosecution. Okay, yes. Everyone only else prosecution. is dressed normal. Everyone else is totally normal. But the
0: prosecution okay, no one is dressed normal rent. in this. Come on. People Everyone is dressed as some exaggerated pastiche of what they're supposed to be. Look at the, the boathouse care, uh, caretaker who, when he's on trial, they say, say your name and occupation. And he goes, boathouse caretaker. <laughs> I was like, is that his name? <laughs> and of course, it turns out oh, I don't remember it. But he looks... So exaggerated, hair covering his face, gigantic mm. fishing hat on. The woman that Miles at the beginning gets implicated. She looks like Cruella Deville's evil twin. Everyone's costume is ramped up like they're coming down a runway. Oh, it's fantastic. Except, Miles,
2: except Phoenix. Phoenix is
1: normal, except his hair. <laughs>
0: except but, uh, his hair.
1: But because of that, it makes him stand out.
0: He yeah. is the closest thing to the everyman as a result, Yep, uh, yeah. which is pretty wild. Now we're, we're at the end of the film at this point, And I mean, obviously he pulls it out of his ass and finds a way to expose multiple conspiracies and save the day and blah, 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 but and solve multiple quick times. question for both of you. Quick question. Did you think you loaded up the wrong movie when it started? And it was a ghost seance with a magic bullet flying around the room. Cause I don't no double checked my purchase. I, No, I didn't, uh, I didn't
2: know what to expect. So I was like, I was like, well, this is already strange. Let's go. I just I yeah. just buckled down at that point. No, I
0: I, I know what I clicked, so I was like, "This is definitely it." Yeah, it ties in eventually, but I honestly thought I got the wrong movie at first. I was worried. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, Mark, you're uh, gonna say something.
2: Yeah, I I was I just buckled in, man. I was just like, "Okay, this is it. This is what we're in here for." I'm like, "This is going to be strange," and it was that's the strangest part of the movie for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. As over the top as it is, everything else is makes sense within the context of this, the story thereafter. But it's the strangest thing they do. And it's relevant later because it's a seance and more than once a dead person comes back to help Phoenix. So they almost had to True. do that weird crap in the beginning for the rest of it. Because without her doing her seance thing in the middle of the courtroom sometimes, it's a normal-ish movie just acted over the top. Like the evidence <laughs> yes. is there. Other it's than the animus. To find The evidence, you know... <laughs> And then everything else is just over the top. But that's the weird, that's the oh, one sure. thing that's like, what that and, of course, the Blue Badger being a broom stick that animates it. Yes. Everything else seems normal-ish.
0: <laughs> well, and then in terms of over the top and just a quick thing about it. But when he finally bests Von Karma and proves that he actually <laughs> had a hand in murders back in the day with this DL6 case, it gave very much their vibe of like the few good men scene with Jack Nicholson. Oh. It's yeah, felt like it felt like that when he's breaking down and going, yeah. you know how many people I've prosecuted? Our job yeah. is to get these criminals and they find ways to get out of, you know, these loopholes. My job is to bring them down. You can't stop me. And I really liked Phoenix Wright's response. He says, mm-hmm. objection. Our mission is to seek the truth. I yeah. thought that was yeah. really cool. Yeah, that was good.
2: Yeah, I thought that was great. Movie.
0: His best line in the whole movie. Yeah. And it's the only time where he seems legitimately confident as well, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have, End credits where the story just keeps going and gets more ridiculous. And yeah. I searched and searched for a sequel because, man, I would have watched it. For sure.
2: I would absolutely watch a sequel of this movie. Absolutely. <sighs> Any final thoughts? Uh, you
1: know what? If you like video games, you like anime, you owe it to yourself to watch this. Yes. I didn't know this existed. I'm so glad that we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. because it brought this to light. I would actually buy this on Blu-ray to add to a collection. I think it's that game. Yeah. Same. I, I highly, recommend highly that. recommend it. This is definitely one of the shining yeah. gems of all the films we've watched. Yes, yeah. I Weirdly. absolutely Weirdly. agree. It, yeah, yeah, like I it think, shouldn't be, uh, but
0: it is. <laughs> it shouldn't be. And again, be. only coming across these because of the types of films we're looking at, but there is some good stuff out there. It just doesn't get quite the exposure as the sheer garbage that we sometimes watch. And on that note, when we come back, it is time for... Armageddon itself, not MK Armageddon, god no Uh, but we are coming back for the Big Daddy the first major direct video game adaptation, the one that creates the bad reputation itself Super Mario Brothers Bob Hoskins, I think almost quit acting over this film it looks atrocious, I've seen it before I've blocked most of it out, I vaguely remember this film, it's time to come back to it you're supposed to find something good in it we're going to try and find something good. There you has can't. to be something. It's got Dennis Hopper. He's always something. Yeah. But we thank you for joining us on Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me were Wayne Brissett and Mark Athatis. Gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a good one. No further objections. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> Overruled. listening to Press X to Reload Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athanis Wayne Brissett and Nick Moore Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick If you like what you've heard today subscribe and never miss an episode or tell a friend leave a review we'll take all the bonus XP we can get If you have suggestions or feedback you can contact Nick Moore via his email retrogamingfool at gmail.com Thanks for listening And we'll see you on the next stage.